0: Hi, my name is Rochelle Grow, and I'm obsessed with all things business, especially networking. Oftentimes, the opportunities that we have in business and even personally comes down to who we know. I love helping people build a thriving network with genuine people, even if they are new to the game, afraid to say the wrong thing, or need a reminder to just do it. I'm a California transplant living in Northern England who's taken her business chops from California to New York and now the US to the UK. I work from home and run two businesses. No matter if you're a networking beginner or not, I can teach you the step-by-step behind the scenes secrets to building a network that you love. Pop in your earbuds and get ready to be encouraged and have some fun while you learn. This is Allergic to Small Talk by Cut Class. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 11 of the Allergic to Small Talk podcast. You can catch me here every Thursday, or you can see me live every Thursday on my personal Instagram at It's Rogue Row Grow, or you can also say what's up to me in my Facebook group called Allergic to Small Talk. And you can follow me and my awesome team at Let's Cut Class on Insta. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Do you have certain things you will only talk about at work or at networking events? You know, like Maybe there are some stories you will share at home versus stories you will share at work. I'm not talking about like inappropriate conversations, but maybe just stories about your life. If you're sort of like me, I used to compartmentalize my life. Like I had my work life, my family life, nonprofit life, and my friend life. I always felt a little weird mixing stories from my friend circle with stories at work. It's not like I was up to anything malicious. I just didn't know how what I was doing in other areas of my life could help me build connections with my colleagues at work, or even new people I met out networking. If you can relate, you're going to dig my guest today. She is an absolute rock star. Her name is Cece Reagan. She and I met through a chamber networking event here in England about a year ago. And the reason why I remember her is because she's American. We both live in Newcastle, and Newcastle is about an hour flight north of London, and I say that because you'll find a lot of American accents in London, but it's kind of rare to hear American accents where we live in Newcastle, so she and I were instantly drawn to one another. Cece is the founder of Right to Heal. She's a recovering addict and domestic abuse survivor, and she has been writing since she could hold a pen. She still has an Anna Green Gables journal from when she was 12 years old. Writing has been paramount in her healing process and has saved her life many times. She has been sharing her poetry on Reganize.com since 2012 in an effort to help others who've been through similar experiences to know that they are not alone. She started Write to Heal for this same reason. She wanted to build an inclusive community. For survivors of addiction and abuse to come together and heal using the power of poetry, just as she has. On today's episode, Cece is gonna talk about how we can all share our story to connect with others. When we are out networking or at work, sometimes it can be difficult to talk about certain topics because we don't know how they may benefit or hinder our relationships. Building relationships out in the networking scene or in a work setting doesn't always have to come from just the work stuff. I specifically chose CC and her story because even the stories that we find the most difficult or traumatic make us who we are. However, that doesn't mean that you have to tell your most secretive stories to strangers or even people close to you in order to develop that deep and meaningful connection. You don't have to, but if you're like on the other side of this story or you're healed from this story and, you know, these are real things that you've gone through in your life, don't discount that. Don't discount those experiences because your story and what you have to share matters to people that aren't on the other side of that story because they're currently experiencing it. So whatever you've been through in your life, the good, the bad, the ugly, the great, those experiences mean something. So don't be afraid to share them. And with Cece's tips today, you'll be able to share your story no matter what it is. Without further ado, let's meet Cece. Cece, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Absolutely. So I gave you an introduction already, but I always like my listeners to hear from you. When people ask you, tell me a little bit about yourself. What do you say?
1: Well, it depends on the situation. (laughs) Uh, it depends on like how honest you really want to get, but that's kind of like why I really like the name of this podcast because I don't really do small talk. Like I know about your your deepest trauma before I know that you have a dog. You know, um, <laughs> <laughs> like the level that I'm on. <laughs> so so I am an American transplant. Also living in the northeast of England, and I distinctly remember meeting you because I was like, I could like zero in on the American accent, and I was like, "Hello, other foreign person, let's be friends." <laughs> and, and it was so cool to meet somebody else because, like, like you said, you don't really like. There's, I don't know any other Americans here, so that was kind of cool. But yeah, I've been here for a few years. I'm a dog mom. I'm a recovering alcoholic. I celebrated five years of Spritey in January of this year.
0: Which is Congratulations.
1: Thank you. Thanks. I was like, yeah, it was five years is like, that was a pretty cool thing. And yeah, domestic abuse survivor, all that stuff and poet. And as of last year, I'm officially a published author and all of those things. But yeah, I think uh, some sort of somewhere in in the middle of that sort of general thing is is how I would introduce myself.
0: Fantastic. I love it. Very cool. So I know that Right to Heal is one of your businesses, but you also have a second business, correct? Yes. Okay. So tell me about, I just want my audience to get a full picture of you and your background.
1: Right. Okay. So my first business I started, like I had been over here for a little bit, but I, it's estate planning. So it's financial services, which is a totally different animal, but I think they kind of complement each other in a way. And that's why this whole like this storytelling thing and the and the writing stuff that I do really has helped me. I think because they're sort of injecting your personality, but then finding that balance between like what you do. So my estate planning business is called Brilliant Estate Planning. And it's very much like a luxury service. I work with high net worth UK business owners. And I basically just help people look after their families and their businesses and their assets and all that stuff so that they don't have to worry about things anymore. And it's nice to be able to do that. And it ties in with some things that I went through. Like I lost my mom when I was 19 years old. She had um, what's called motor neuron disease in the UK. It's called ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease in the States and she got that when she was like in her late 30s and we didn't have any financial protection. Oh wow. So I've seen and experienced firsthand how difficult that can be. So I started Brilliant to help other people so that they didn't have to go through what me and my family went through when my mom was sick. And then, yeah, and then I do Write to Heal, which is a newer thing, but very much ties in with like, with my passion of writing and things. So it's like, (laughs) it's great because I have both the outlets. I have like my professional lady, whatever (laughs) uh, estate planning thing, but then I have my like very much my personal brand right to heal helping other survivors thing.
0: Excellent. Okay. So what I obviously know a little bit about like what sparked right to heal, but can you just kind of backtrack a little bit and explain a bit more about how you actually got started on that journey to create right to heal?
1: Yeah. So I have always wanted to Right. I mean, I think when I was a kid, I wanted to be like an astronaut or something. Uh, <laughs> but then as I we would, all did. Yeah, as we yeah. all did. Or but a doctor would, or something. Yeah, or a, or a vet or something like that. But then <laughs> I was like, wait, I'm an asthmatic who's bad at math. Um, probably can't be an astronaut. So, <laughs> so then it became like writing, and I always really liked writing. My dad wrote like he never published anything, but he wrote short stories. He wrote a lot of like sci-fi. I grew up on Star Trek. I really liked that. And it was like a really good outlet for me. And I started off like writing songs. Uh, I was an emo kid as a teenager, all the things. (laughs) So I always knew that I wanted to write. It always was my passion. And it was something that I continued doing throughout my life. But When my mom was sick and things happened and I fell into addiction and I was an active alcoholic for over a decade from when I was like 14 until like 25 or 26 when I was finally able to like find recovery, which took me a long time. So I wrote a lot throughout that time. But then I also wrote a lot when I was trying to recover from that and try to work through you know, feelings. Because suddenly I was like, I am feeling things now where I didn't feel them before I buried them with alcohol. (laughs) So I have no idea how to express myself. I don't know the names for these feelings. And then that was sort of compounded by I was in an abusive relationship for like seven years from the time I was like 16. And so that... I wasn't able to like express how I felt. I wasn't used to like having a voice. So I had to find my voice and writing really helped me do that because I could work through things behind the scenes, (laughs) figure out, you know, am I anxious because of, you know, this, this, or this, am I wiping down the kitchen counters 20 times a day? Because actually I just feel out of control. You know what I mean? What is the thing? Mm -hmm. Um, And writing helped me to do that. So I always wanted to be a writer. I had like sort of on and off been writing a memoir. I've been sharing my poetry publicly since like 2012 or something like that. I just really liked it. But I never thought of like helping other people with it. I never thought of it like anything like that. But then I had started Brilliant and I hired like a business coach and I was doing like a group course or whatever and it was all about like your zone of genius and stuff like that. And right. Like, yes, yes. I was like, I think my zone of genius is something else. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't. I'm good at, at estate planning. I'm good at working totally. with people. Totally. But it's but like my heart is in helping people. But it's also in writing and it's in creativity and these other things. So I was like, well, crap. Uh, what, do I, <laughs> what do I?
0: What do I do now? <laughs> do,
1: yeah. How do I turn this into another business? How do I? Can I make like that my life now? So right. I just thought about it and then marinated on it. I like to marinate on things for, you know, like like months and really think about stuff. And then Right to Heal kind of just like popped into my little brain. And I was like, well, this is a cool name for a thing. I don't know what it would be. And then I was following like another branding person and she was talking about like membership sites and communities and things. And I was like,
0: who is that? You were speaking about her. You said, because I remember I was talking to you about a woman I'm, I start recently started working with in Serbia, correct? And it's, I think that's kind of how we found the connection, right? Yes. So the
1: This person's name is Desislava Dobreva. She goes by Des Dobreva.
0: Love it, the good. The branding
1: cool. queen, and she's just so cool. She's just like super punk rock, and she's like mm. has red hair, and sometimes she has purple hair, and she just like she just is who she is, and and I just you know I just am attracted to those kinds of people. I'm like you're different. You know, <laughs> I would like to be friends with you, <laughs> sort of like how you stuck out to me at that networking meeting. I was like, there's another person who is also different. Hello. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I just like that sort of thing. So she, I, she had done some different challenges and i have been following her for a while. And I really liked what she had to say about membership sites. And then it all kind of fell into place. I was like, what if I created the right to heal community where I helped other survivors heal from their stuff? through writing in the same way I have. And instead of just saying I was only going to help addicts, or I was only going to help domestic violence survivors, or I was only going to help just like, you know, trauma in general, I was like, well, I just I've been through a lot of stuff. I'll just help all the people (laughs) (laughs) I did. So that's kind of a long story. But it, it was like a long time coming. And it took me a while to figure out what exactly that was. But once everything aligned, I was like, this is the thing.
0: Excellent. So Right to Heal Now is a membership site. Yeah. Okay. So I'm a member. What do I get? What do I get when I'm a part of the Right to Heal uh, membership site?
1: Well, the main thing is that it's a community. Um, Love it. it people like you (laughs) with a similar experience to you. And there's, you know, like a zero tolerance policy for people in there who maybe aren't so nice, which I think a lot of times in these like trauma groups and in these like recovery groups, I'm a member of like a bazillion different ones online and offline. And it's just a subsection of the population. You get like some predatory behavior and things like that. I wanted (laughs) it to be somewhere safe. Totally. inclusive not just for women not just for men not just for you know if you're a, a man a woman or a non-binary friend you are welcome
0: <laughs> love it excellent but, and
1: then you so you get the community you get like group calls so that's like the accountability the like actual relationships with people and the friendships and stuff like that and then like tools <laughs> All, everything like handwritten and like hand created by me Of from like writing prompts to heal from trauma. We do like this week we're doing the haiku challenge where we write like a haiku every single day. You know, there's something in there like how to write like Shakespeare. And it's all about iambic pentameter and like basic poetry structure, like all the things. So you get all the like, you know, this is how you do the stuff. And then you get all the let me help you do the stuff.
0: Excellent. It's I love like it. Everything. <laughs> yeah, so it's in a way you're helping people, giving people tools, tips and most of all structure to guide <clears> them <throat> yeah. to tell their stories. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So that leads me to our tips for today. Yes. You've come here to help us tell yes. our story. <laughs> so let's dive into tip number 1. I know that people have a tough time telling their story, right? It's, I mean, and also how can my personal stories help me connect with others, right? Mm -hmm. So can you just share the first tip that you have for us when we go into actually, you know, how do we go into it? How do we start?
1: Well, my rule number one, and I think it's like the most important, if you take nothing else away, (laughs) remember this, only talk about stuff publicly that you've healed from. If it's still raw for you, if it's still like a thing that you're actively going through and struggling with or something really close to home or like a family issue or something like that, you know, play that close to the chest. Like talk to people, talk to your therapist about that. Talk to your friends about that. Don't share it with the world until you can say it and keep it separate from yourself. (laughs) Don't talk about it. (laughs)
0: Totally. Yeah. And, you know, I think what's also important to note on this first one is that there's nothing wrong with what's going on. It's just when and who to share it with.
1: Yeah. You Uh, just want to be safe. It's like, it's a safety thing. I've shared things about myself before I was ready to do it. And it caused like ripple effects and issues and stuff in my life, because then random people know things that, like, close people to me don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, be, it creates this weird sort of thing. And you hear people, like, I've heard, like, the gurus and stuff being like, just share your story no matter what you're going through and what you're dealing with, <laughs> just share. You can talk about really vulnerable stuff. I talk about all kinds of vulnerable stuff. I just hang out in my trauma and I'm like, look at me go. But like, (laughs) but (laughs) but I've worked through, you know what I mean? I'm years separated from this stuff. I've done like, you know, however many different therapists and different stuff that I, you know, loads of stuff. And I can say what I've been through and sure I get emotional about things like things are sad or whatever and I miss my mom and, you know, whatever stuff that happened, but like it doesn't knock me for six. It doesn't throw me to talk about it. It doesn't like emotionally drain me to share my story the way that it used to when I wasn't healed from it and I was too close to it.
0: Right. Okay, great. So what is tip number two? Tip number two is why do you care? (laughs) Why do, okay, yeah. So
1: why do you care? Like, about whatever you're doing. And then also kind of the opposite point is like, why do the other people care about what you're sharing? So no matter what you are doing, there's a reason, even like how I shared with me with my estate planning business, even though that's like financial services and it's very like, you know, whatever it is, (laughs) there's like, you know, people think of like finances in a certain way, but I talk about what happened with my mom, you know, I talk about my story and people connect with me based on that. And then they decide, well, I want to work with her because I like what she stands for and what she's been through. And then they justify that buying decision with logic, which is like, well, she's a certified estate planner and she's blah, blah, blah. But they decide to work with me because they like me and they know my story. And that's what people do. People buy based on emotion and then justify it with logic. So when it comes to you and somebody else doing the same thing, If everything is the same, you do the same thing, you have the same price point, whatever people like 80% of people will go for the brand or the person that they know, not the one that they don't know. It's like, you know, you go up to buy dry shampoo. (laughs) I don't know why that popped into my head, but you go to buy dry shampoo and you and you go for like Batiste or you go for like the one that you know. You don't necessarily. You look at one and you're like, well, that's kind of a good price point, but I've never seen like an ad for them before. I've never used that before. Like, I'm just going to go for this one because this is my old faithful. This is like that. I stand by this. This is the one I know. Or I've seen a commercial for this one and I really liked it because it had a cute dog. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> toilet sure. roll. Maybe you buy Andrex because you like the cute dogs. So <laughs> it's like
0: something you're obviously identifying with or relating to, and it, it just pops in your mind of like, oh, okay. That's something yeah. that seems familiar to me.
1: Right. So people say this is like, what is your why? And find your why and share your – and that's like that's very pink and fluffy and that's absolutely fine. That's the point of what I'm saying. But you need to share why you care, why you do what they do so then the other people – know that they should care about what you have to say because they identify with that in some way. And not everybody is going to, but that's good. (laughs) That's good because then the people who do identify with what you do will be attracted to you. And then the people who don't, that you probably want to work with anyway, would be repelled by you. And that's kind of like-
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's kind of how you you start pruning your audience and figuring out who your people are, right? Who your audience is. Okay, great. All right. What is tip number three? (laughs) Tip
1: three is make it interesting. Okay. So nobody reads a boring story and you have to grab people. We're all in this like competition for people's eyeballs, it feels like. You know, people are scrolling all the time. People are like reading all the time. You get like however many emails a day. It's a lot that you're like trying to compete with and you need to grab people's attention from the beginning. So what I would say is if you have a story that you want to tell then like write that story down and then find the most exciting part and then throw that in the beginning (laughs) so like a quote or start in the middle of your story (laughs) and then go back to the beginning so as soon as people click like the read more button or the show more button or whatever they're more likely to read through the whole thing because now they've committed now they've clicked a button to say that they're going to read the whole thing. So now they're probably going to read the whole thing. So all you have to do is just get them to click that button. So write the thing that you want to say, and then start with like, with a quote, or, you know, something like, there I was sitting in my bedroom, staring at the wall, I didn't know what I was going to do next. And I felt so lost. People are like, what is she talking about? (laughs) Click the read more button. And then you tell the story, right? But that's sort of the middle of it.
0: Right. Okay, great. So this would be more for like, maybe it could be for like a social post or maybe a newsletter or or maybe an article on LinkedIn, I'm assuming.
1: Yeah. Anything like written in written format, like social media, definitely it's really good for emails and newsletters and stuff like that. And things like that are really good for thinking of like headings or subject lines of emails and stuff like that find the most interesting part leave it on a cliffhanger and pop that in the subject line see totally. how many more clicks you get
0: yeah cuz i think a lot of people don't realize that subject lines especially you know when it comes to like emails and stuff it's so important to have a catchy subject line or a first line to like hook your reader in the opening of your newsletter or even on your like linkedin profile it's so so important Okay, cool. Excellent. All right. What is tip number four?
1: Okay. So, this last one is show, don't tell. So, this is the thing that you hear like writers and people say this is like, don't tell me what you want me to know. Show me what you want me to know. So, this is like, use imagery and context clues to help people become part of your story, to help people identify with your story and put themselves in your. Place. So, for example, don't say it was the loneliest time of my life because, well, okay, you're telling me how you felt, but I'm not. I don't feel lonely. Reading that, (laughs) that doesn't, that doesn't put me in your shoes. So, talk about. uh, I would like sitting alone all the time. I would sit alone and eat my lunch all the time. I would just find myself laying in bed, staring at the ceiling, and hours would go by, and I wouldn't even notice. Or I'd spend so much time in the dark just talking to myself because I didn't have anybody else to talk to. That is so much more powerful than I felt lonely. You know Yeah, I mean? totally.
0: And it paints just a bigger, it totally paints a bigger picture because we've all seen that kid at lunchtime eating alone. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, we could totally identify with how that person could feel. And yes. it definitely makes you want to dig in a bit deeper to... And also you just relate like, oh, that is that is actually quite lonely. <laughs>
1: yeah. But you can do the same thing with positive stuff, you know, rather than saying like, I'd never felt more successful. You could say, you could talk about like, I don't know, having flying first class or whatever. You could talk, you know, if, if you're, whoever you're talking to, you think might identify with that. You could talk about like, you know, luxury lifestyle sort of things or like holidays and stuff like that. Or you could say... You know, like I mean, I for talk- some of
0: us, it's like literally just going to a restaurant because, I mean, that's a luxury <laughs> at the moment. Like, it's like, we can't even go out to eat at a restaurant. <laughs>
1: uh, I know. I can't. <laughs> I can't. But yeah, anything like that would be like, wow, you're living the life. But but I talk about, you know, in contrast, my life before was very much like, you know, even though I was living alone, I was still like hiding bottles, like empty bottles of like, of like whiskey and wine and gin and all the things, whatever I could get my hands on. I would hide those and like boots and like weird stuff, weird addict behavior stuff. (laughs) I couldn't sleep and all these things. And now I wake up in the morning and um, laying next to my husband and my dog is snoring in between us and like, <laughs> and she's like, her snoring is so loud. She's woken me up and the sun is shining in through the windows and, and I slept well. And, you know, then my husband wakes up and then we go downstairs and we have coffee together and like in our home. That, and that's you know like a I mean? totally
0: different scenario and painting a yeah. totally different picture. Right. Yeah,
1: but it's still better than like, my life is so different now and I'm so happy.
0: Right. Like, but
1: why, but what?
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: That So show, don't tell.
0: Excellent. I love it. I love Thanks. it. Okay, great. Well, thank you, Cece. So if my audience wants to find out more on how to tell their story, and, and just so you know, it doesn't have to be sad. It doesn't have to be traumatic. It doesn't have to be all the things. It can be a way for you to distill your story so people can connect with you where can we find you
1: yeah you can find me at com. you can find me at ccregan on facebook instagram all the stuff just google me
0: <laughs> excellent and what projects are you working on at the moment is there anything that's cooking in the pipeline for you right now
1: Yeah, I'm working on a few different things, actually, because I have like my membership site and stuff, but that's closed at the moment. So I have a free Facebook group that anybody can join at any time if they want to. But I'm also working on some self-study, like mini courses, things about like journaling and poetry and mindfulness and stuff like that. So that will be coming soon, too.
0: Excellent. What is the name of your Facebook group?
1: It's called Right to Heal. Helping Survivors Heal from Addiction, Abuse, and Trauma Through Writing. It's like quite a long one. (laughs) That's all right. Yeah.
0: I'll include it in the show notes. So if you want to join Cece's free Facebook group, it will be in the show notes at letscutclass.com forward slash allergic to small talk episode eight. Okay, great. Cece, it was so awesome to have you on the show today. And I look forward to catching up with you soon. Thank you so much. It was great to be here. All right, y'all, thank you so much for joining me for this episode. I really hope that you took some notes on Cece's tips for telling your story. No matter what it is that you've been through, your story is so valuable and gives you a competitive edge over people and companies that are offering the same products and services. So let's recap. Rule number one, only talk about things you've healed from. Then you'll never regret what you share. If you're in the thick of something like breaking up from a business partner or going through a painful divorce, share this stuff only when you're on the other side. Also, your story doesn't have to be traumatic. I chose Cece to come on the show because I really love her story, how she owns it, and helps others to share their story. So whatever it is that you've gone through, remember that people need to hear it to relate and connect with you and your business or career. Okay, number two, why do you care? People buy from the brand they know better. Make it yours. Number three, make it interesting. Lead with the most interesting part of what you're trying to say. Cece said, put the best part of the story that you have to say at the beginning. This can work for any piece of writing, and you can also use this technique in person if you can think on your toes pretty quickly and in the moment. Lastly, show, don't tell. Use imagery and context clues to encourage your audience to identify and empathize with you. I personally like to think about number four like this. Paint a clear picture of the entire story. Don't just say what happened. All right, you guys, those are the four tips CC shared with us today, and I really hope that you took notes and thought about how can you apply this to yourself, your business, and your career. I hope you had a great time on this episode, and I really want to know which tip did you enjoy the most? So hit me up on Instagram at itsrogrow or on my business account at Let's Cut Class. You can find the show notes at let'scutclass.com forward slash allergic to small talk, episode 11. All right, y'all, catch up with you next week, same time, same place. See ya!